Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, as always, Juwan. Let me not say always. I'm not always your host, but I am your host, Juwan. Um, We have an amazing, spoilery show for today. Um, Let me introduce my co-host, starting with Dane. What's going on, Dane? Salutations. Absolutely, salutations. Um, Nick, what's going on, Nick? I cried like five times watching that movie. It's, it, it, it's a tearjerker, that one. Are you talking um, about the yeah, porn, the link that I sent you to? Oh, yeah, that one, too. Um, it, it was oh, like very, Avengers very different variations on crying, though, um, just to be yeah. absolutely clear about that. <laughs> yep. All right, lubrication just be, tears. Just to be super weird like Juwan usually is, don't ask me how <laughs> I know this, but you know how I know this. They had – Spoiler scenes on Pornhub. Weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I think What's we all know how you know that, Jawan. Don't, don't worry. I'm going to edit that I out. don't think anyone needs matter. to ask. Don't, don't add any more dialogue to that. I'm going to edit that I hope your mom out. doesn't cool. like, listen to this episode, Jawan. No, she's listening live right now, but it's cool. Um, Joel, what's going on, Joel? <laughs> uh, what is up, fellas? Um, all right. That was, you know, underwhelming as it usually is. And last but not least, I want to say this, Kanan. I am really, really thinking about taking Joe Budden to court. He calls the guy on his show Silent Assassin. And I know for a fact that name wasn't used anywhere until we gave you that name. So how offended are you, Kanan, that other people are using your nickname? Your moniker. I'm, I'm offended yet um... – I'm grateful because apparently it's it's getting out there, and they had someone had to have listened to our show and told him, and they're like, oh, well, that's such a great moniker for a name that I'm going to use it for this guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a it's an honor, and um, we should sue them for yeah. trademarking, you know, for stealing our, yeah. our stuff. You're famous. See, what, yeah. what bothered me the most was it was even the same gimmick. Like, the guy he called Silent Assassin never talks, like, ever talks when they start the show. Um, so then, like, I'd want to say maybe a few weeks ago, he started calling him Silent Assassin. I'm like, what? whoa, whoa, hold on, Joe Budden. Like, relax, guy. <laughs> this is ours. Here's an even uh, more important question, Juwan. Yes. How long was Kanan on the phone? Like, was he on for the, the 10 minutes before the show and we had no idea? 100%. because. A hundred percent. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, silent. That is a, well, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, and not, and not just, just that. 
but comic book going and creating their podcast like comic book's been around for a long time and all of a sudden they go and create their podcast and they name it comic book nation like come on man what yeah 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 no. yeah they, they hate on us, us, off they hate right, on us so much they hate on us so much we are what geeks need and it makes a lot of these people really nervous and we see it we we notice how nervous we're making you guys it's cool um, but all right, without further ado, let's get right into our show. We have so much to break down. Um, I don't even know how to really break this down, so I'm going to just go around and see how you guys felt, uh, you know, what your thoughts were on this movie. Don't worry. If you can't remember something, we'll definitely come back to you. It's three hours worth of stuff to talk about in two hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so first, I want to start with you, Kanan, um, since you've been silent the most. Um, your initial thoughts on your first viewing of Avengers Endgame? Um, dude, I just so many so many feels like I've never walked out of a Marvel movie this like overwhelmed uh, and happy. Like I meant what I said when I posted on Twitter that I honestly feel like this is the best Marvel movie ever made. Uh, just from getting satisfaction from, you know, start to end. And uh, I love Infinity War, but I didn't think Infinity War was the was the best Marvel movie. I still thought Winter Soldier was. And I, I'm telling you, dude, Avengers Endgame just checked off all the boxes. It did not feel like a three-hour movie. Uh, I know a lot of people out there complaining about pacing and the first and second act being boring. It wasn't. It, you know... To me, it felt like it set it up nicely. Um, it kind of explained, uh, you know, what they were going to be, you know, doing. And, you know, instead of, you know, just it being action, you know, you got to see um, relationships build. You got to see uh, to the biggest, you know, being Tony and uh, Steve, you know, actually finally getting rid of that resentment that Tony said he you know he hated and and then finally shaking hands and you know being friends which to be honest with you they've always been at odds the entire mc you know since the first avengers movie they've always had they've always been at odds this is the first movie where they actually come together as brothers and you know it was just it was just great to see um you know the end um, I mean, are we going like full spoilers here? Yeah, absolutely. This is that spoiler review. Do it. Spoiler warning. Do spoiler it. Spoiler warning. Um, well, I mean, just just the end, the end scene, the the battle. Um, some of the stuff I already knew about going in, you know, because I spoiled myself. But even if you spoil yourself by reading it or hearing about it, it doesn't do it justice. You have to see this movie. You know, I talked to Juwan about it, and Juwan was, you know, kind of like. Uh, you know, kind of iffy about stuff I was telling him. I was like, dude, just wait till you see. You may feel a lot different. Dude, when Cap wielded uh, uh, Mjolnir, I, every, I mean, everybody in both showings just, like, freaked out. Like, it was just – Hell yeah. It, I don't know. It was just crazy, dude. It was just – but then, you know, I'm sitting there watching him and Thanos go back and forth. And I, and I thought Thanos was better in this movie because he didn't rely on the gauntlet. Uh, you got to see the best of both sides, and Thanos just wrecking them, and them wrecking him. Um, I I loved what parts 
uh, Captain Marvel had in it, even, and I'm glad to throw her in, uh, overpowered, because everybody thought she was going to come in and just destroy Thanos, and, <laughs> dude, when he took the Power Stone out and just wrecked her across the room, dude, there were people in there that I guess were, like, anti-Captain Marvel, but they were like, that's what she gets, you know, oh and God. just, you know, I just, you know, I thought that moment was pretty cool, and the whole scene of them coming back through the portal. I don't know, man. Like you said, it's a lot to talk about for a two-hour show. I know everybody else wants to get a chance to talk, but I still, after two showings, and I want to go see it in 4DX, um, I, dude, it's, I, I, and I'm, dude, I came home last night after watching it, and I was sitting there thinking about some of the DC movies that'll be coming out, and I don't know, man. This movie has, like, almost, like, burned me on the DCEU. Like, I can't even defend it, dude. Like, I sit here and think about what Marvel has done, and I watched, you know, they had, like, a shit ton of movies on uh, TV last night, and I'm sitting there watching through all of them, and I'm like, dude, we're never we're never going to see this kind of world building probably in cinema ever again. Nope. I just don't think we ever will. And no knock against Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or anything else out there. This, no matter what plot holes you pick out or continuity errors, and yes, those are pet peeves, and I've talked to Juwan about those. Those kind of get on my nerves a little bit. Dude, We this was a global event. This is something we may not ever witness again in our lifetime. And I just, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, this movie – just has really like shown me what a culmination of 21 movies plus this one and 11 years can do. And it's just, and I think it's just sitting back thinking that they're going to move forward with other movies, but dude, this was it. This is, this was pretty much it. I mean, for a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're going to still make movies and I guess we'll see what they do with the fantastic four and the X-Men, but, I don't know, man. This was something else. I, yeah. I'm telling you, I've never left. And I didn't even leave Batman v Superman. I didn't leave Man of Steel like this, dude. This is how great I think this movie is. This movie is just amazing. It's Marvel's masterpiece, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. And I'll end it on that. It, it, it did something that um, a lot of other franchises um, have found out is almost impossible. Um, and that's, you could say Marvel's given us, and in, in, I don't mean this ne- necessarily in a negative sense, but an oversaturation. Like, there hasn't been, like, it wasn't like Phase 1 came 20 years ago, then 10 years later, Phase 2. Like, no, no, no. This has been consistent since the first Iron Man. And no one has gotten tired of these movies. Like, no no one's saying, like, all right, after Endgame, take, like, six years and then come back with more movies. Like, no, we're curious right. to see what comes next. And Star Wars can't do that. Star Trek nope. can't do that. Um, I, I believe if DC had started better, they could have possibly been in the running for that. Transformers couldn't do that. G.I. Joe will never do that. Like, no one has been able to do this and sustain this much success. Um, with pumping out movies as fluently as it has, um, except for Marvel. And this is why the payoff of seeing this, the end of an era, um, which isn't really the end of an era, just a specific era in the original six, 
um, is just so special because I don't think we will have a relationship with movie characters that spans as long as this has um, and be as invested as I think a lot of us were. And think of it like this, like MCU has brought people who have never read a comic book um, into crying at the end of this, where it was just like they didn't necessarily see all the movies, um, you know, one after one after one, excuse me, but they still felt it. They felt um, like they were losing something when, when these characters died. So that, to me, is special of its own. Um, and I will say, Kanan, with what DC has been doing so far, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, you could build yourself up a nice little streak going forward and then make that, that next Justice League movie kind of build us up um, to what comes after. So you can rectify it. Well, um, but Dan, let, let me piggyback off that real quick, and then I'll, I'll let them yeah. go ahead. As far as the DC stuff goes, I'm not saying I won't ever walk out of a DC movie and be happy, but I've, you know, I've always been a big critic of Marvel movies because I'm just like, yeah, they're really good, but they're not as good as the hype. When you go back and when I watched the movies last night, you just appreciate everything that uh, they've done, and then you realize that, you know, there's a lot of people saying goodbye to each other, like this was a family, so it's. DC, I just don't think they will, and this is coming from a Superman fanboy, I can love their movies. I just don't know that I'll ever have that emotional impact. I did not have that with Batman v Superman with the death of Superman because I felt like it was rushed. Like, I was like, about to okay, say that. You're going to bring him right back, but you just threw everything together. Dude, when Spider-Man turned to dust in Infinity War... I know Tom Holland was new, but there was, like, legit emotion with that because of how Tony expressed his emotion for it. And the, the build-up the that end, they made with that relationship. Yes, exactly. And the emotion at the end of uh, Endgame with Tony and everybody around, mm-hmm. and that's real emotion. That is 11 years of being a fan. Whether you criticize it or not, that's 11 years of being a fan and – you know, real emotion. It's not throwing it in there like DC has. And I'm, I mean, not, nothing against DC because I still love them. But dude, I'm, I'm just being honest. They're never going to have what Marvel has. They're never going to do that. They can make great standalone movies. I just don't think they're ever going to capture that. Marvel did it first. They've done it the best. No one should ever copy them. It's never going to work. I just do not see it ever happening. Feige is a genius at building this, and as long as he's there, man, they're they're running the ship. I mean, I'm telling you, people can hate on Endgame all they want. That movie is is the best. I mean, so all right, yeah. Every, I mean, y'all go. Yeah, I mean, no, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I definitely say um, this movie is is a twofold for Feige. It's great because it's the culmination of 20 plus films, 10 to 12 years. But also, it puts a lot of pressure on you more than ever before because now everyone in their mind is saying, where do you go from here? Um, like, what is the next thing? And that's why I'm like, the fact that they got these Fox characters back is important because a lot of huge villains that you could now build up um, and use are in that universe because if you didn't have that, my question would be, what comes after Thanos? Like, you can't do Kang. You can't do Kang the Conqueror after Thanos. No, no, no one's really going to be invested in that. So 
So what comes next? Now you have the possibility of Galactus, Dr. Doom, a lot. So it, it opens the doors more. But I am super curious on what comes next. But anyway, Dane, um, your thoughts on Avengers Endgame? And I, I will say just uh, just briefly from what you were saying, you can do character. I think the next one that needs to be the Thanos is Galactus and that you build towards for several movies. But you will see King the Conqueror or, or maybe a Doctor Doom within there as a like a Loki-level villain or something like that. But this was absolutely um, – it, it was incredible. Um, the fact that, you know, we've all said it, this was – 22 films, 22nd film, you know, 11 years building up in the making since 2008. Sure, there were certain films that might not have been, like, in the same level as some of their better films, but they were still good films. I mean, the fact that people were freaking out when Disney bought Marvel, it's very crazy in retrospect that they were the ones who capitalized on comic book films, for good and for bad in some, you know, cases – but we're able to take these and make these global icons without having characters like Spider-Man and Wolverine to be able to help them out like they have before in the 90s. And, you know, obviously with Spider-Man before that, the 80s, 70s, and 60s. But it's just incredible. Incredible storytelling. Um, I thought the story itself was very original. We heard rumblings about a heist movie. We heard this and that. But the way that they executed it, by making us go into it, you know, with Thanos dying within the first, like, 15 minutes and you going, what? And then the five years later, which we heard was rumored, but we all kind of thought it was maybe a year later, not five years. So to put in the scope, to be able to balance – and, and this, this is this for the Russo brothers, um, whoever did the writing as well, I don't know who wrote the script, but I- incredible job, uh, the, the cinematographer, everyone, but the Russo brothers to be able to – take comedy and put it in there with heavy dramatics. I mean, Chris Evans, not Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth is a great example of that. You know, I think that he is a future movie star. He is someone to be reckoned with because he's got brilliant comedic chops, great dramatic chops. He's a good looking dude. Um, And then Robert Downey Jr., one of his best acting performances, I think. Scott Johansson was on her A-game. Karen Gillian really impressed me. Chris Evans. And then all the CGI characters that – Josh Brolin, even though obviously it's, it's a different concept, or Mark Ruffalo or, or Bradley Cooper, for them to be able to use their voice and whatever work they did for those characters to bring out that level of, of, of depth within those characters, especially this was Thanos when he was dangerous, when he, was, didn't, when he hadn't been beaten or people weren't trying to beat him. This was him at a different time period when he was going to conquer, and he, he saw it all in front of him. So... That factored in, we had the old comic book Thanos, I would like to say, within this film. The one that was much more dastardly and evil. Um, And uh, I like that Thor, you know, because of the fact that he was so depressed and, you know, going back on himself for not trying to hit the hammer in the head originally in Infinity War and also just chopping off his head before they could really get any information at the beginning of Endgame. It put him into a a state of depression and – you know, I had a lot of problems with Ragnarok, but honestly, this Thor, when he was being funny, it was like they had reason for him because he was kind of a drunk. And I just love that someone said there was every iteration of Thor within this series. You had like a little bit of Ultimate Thor in the first Thor movie. You had a little bit of, of, of the Thor from the 60s in, in uh, the first Avengers. Like 
every single time they always changed it. And this one was very much like your Odin force Thor, except for he was more of a drunk than super powerful. But I mean, the visuals in the, in the, uh, in the battle scenes, the acting itself, the plot itself, the pacing, I don't know. I've heard complaints from people, but I think they're the same people that said the first two episodes in this season of game of Thrones was boring. You know, I'm sorry. I think about things on a different, uh, I, I, I like character development and, and building a plot. I think that's pretty important to have uh, within whatever, you know, storytelling. And if you, if you thought it was a little bit slow, I can get that, but people were really like, it was the first hour. All right, whatever. I can't, I can't be on your side. So I think that you have the attention span of a chihuahua. So I'll just leave it at that. But I thought the pacing was great. I, you know, they had that amazing action scene at the ending. They had that amazing fun kind of family driven adventure thing with the, with the time travel in the middle. And it was dead serious at the beginning. And the deaths, man, they, they killed me, you know, Black Widow uh, and just Jeremy Renner's reaction. Another great acting performance in this, um, uh, t- you know, Tony at the end of it really got me. Tony seeing his dad really got to me. Thor was seeing his mom, all the, all the people that came back, Rene Russo, Natalie Portman, you know, uh, Frank Grillo, even Robert Redford yeah. came back for a cameo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just incredible stuff. What's what's up? No, I, I do want to ask you, Dane, uh, me and Tia were, were kind of talking um, about it last night. Uh, one thing that stood out to me more than the action, more than the story, were there were two key visual points of this movie that just really just took my breath away. One of them was a shot of Thanos' ship coming out of the clouds. That, to me, was such a beautiful shot. And then the other shot that Tia was, um, was, was comparing um, was when you see Cap right after he tightens the shield, when you see Cap on one side and Thanos and all his army, she was saying it, it reminded her exactly of Battle of the Bastards. And I was saying, like, I didn't really think of that. And I'm like, wow. yeah, it kind of does. It really kind of looked exactly like that. You had John being defeated. You had Cap who seemed defeated. And out of nowhere, here comes the uh, the Calvary, and it, the Calvary. it was almost reminiscent yes. of it. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted that. to make sure I gave her her props for that because I told her I was going to steal it and not give her her props. So I want to give her her props for that. That was totally Tia's idea. Um, but that visual shot, I wanted to kind of before you you end things on on your take, Dan. I kind of wanted you to go into your thoughts on that. Once you see that visual, and then it's kind of like the Calvary comes in, like. Where was your mind at in that moment of like, all right, it's about to be balls against the wall. Like it's about to be crazy action. My head was exploding. I mean, that was <laughs> incredible. I, they got me hook, line and sinker. I knew that there was going to be a huge accent scene and everyone's going to help. But I really thought, wow, they're done. Thanos is here. His troops are here. Cap's fucked. Everyone else is down. There's, you know, Captain America's going to die right then. And when you hear, you know, on his intercom in his ear, hey, Cap, hey, Cap, and you find it, and you realize it's, it's fucking Falcon, and he goes, on your left, and then T'Challa's there, and then he brings Wakanda yeah. out, and then you see the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and everyone's coming out. And I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. Like, and I finally, agree. after 21 films, the 22nd film, Captain America goes, Avengers assemble, and everyone goes <laughs> in this battle. And I was just shitting my pants. In the theaters, like I, 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 I don't know. This is this is the thing. It's like, I'll, and I'll pass it back because we have a lot more to talk about. But this was a great. This was a cinematic experience. Like I love comics. I love films. 
But this is more than a comic book film. This is a great movie. This is something I think it is going to be a stamp, you know, or at least this series will be one of those movies that rises to the top of being like a to the 70s what Star Wars and a lot of those movies were for them, but just being this amazing pop icon, but they did something that no one did. They, they built and did all these movies coming up to this. You knew all those characters because of that. They tied every bow that they could, all these like little things, and then Oh, man, even with Loki, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that later going off. And obviously from what Tilda Swinton said, T- Tilda Swinton was back, you know, from yeah. her saying that you, you create another time lapse. I'm assuming Loki, when he grabbed the uh, scepter and get out of there, that he was, you know, that's going to be his Disney Plus show is what I'm assuming. They set up so much stuff. Scarlet Witch is kind of crazy. They mess with time a lot. So Kang could be a person. Scarlet Witch could be another villain. Like, they, they, they did so much in this fucking film, and I can't believe that they did all, all detailed, all detailed. And I friggin' loved it. I, I thought it was incredible i can't wait to watch this back to back with infinity war and waste one of my afternoons where i could probably be doing something much more productive but i'm just going to fucking watch <laughs> that for five and a half hours and i don't care um i just i I'm, i love these characters the deaths and and what happened with cap were beautiful i'm kind of confused on the time travel aspect and i'm, I'm you know i hate to go I into game of thrones again but cap made out with his niece are we just going to pretend that didn't happen or maybe it's not i don't know if he destroyed i have no idea doesn't matter. It was a fucking great film. It was. It was. And it's a great story. And the Infinity Gem Stone Gauntlet, whatever the hell you call it, saga, was incredible, start to finish. Yeah, there were a couple bumps along the way, but an amazing journey. And for someone to be a comic fan and get that level, I am just completely blown away. Yeah, this movie definitely um, will be. Uh, you know, goes in the Smithsonian. Um, I always felt like the first Avengers film was, this, uh, you know, was, was something that was just like, all right, like you could possibly top this, but nothing will defeat the, you know, the feeling you got. Groundwork. Seeing. Right. Not only that, but just seeing your favorite heroes all together. Like when they formed that circle in the first Avengers film, I was just like, this is, this is insane. This is crazy. And then you look, you know, all these years later, seeing all of them in one huge line and then Cap giving the Avengers a symbol. It's like, that beats that. But that first one is, is so important because we never thought we would see that. Like, without that, we're not here. So it's like, that to me uh, is why that first Avengers movie, to me, was like a Smithsonian piece. Like, that is like etched in history. But this is like on a whole nother level. It's bananas. Um, and it's like, it's crazy to think that, you know, the stakes just were, kept getting higher from movie to movie to movie. But as I pass it to you, Nick, um, one thing I didn't really hear people talk about as they were reviewing um, Endgame, um, and of course, it was super small, so like I, I get how it wasn't really important to anyone, but I really um, loved um, Pepper in this movie. I, I really truly yeah. did. I mean, we've seen her since the first Iron Man movie, only her, she was consistent in telling him, like, this does not have to be you. You do not have to be the guy that goes in and saves the day all the time. And to see her all these years later kind of just like, I'm not going to be able to stop you, man, so, you know, do what you do. Yeah. And then to see her come out and rescue um, in, in, that, in that Iron Man costume was just so awesome. Mm. The visual of her and Stark back-to-back um, firing off her pulsar beams was so dope. Um, so I thought her performance was one of the more – kind of, I don't want to say ignored, but the forgotten, but I thought it was just Slept so on. beautiful. 
Yeah, it was yeah. a great addition to everyone else's performance. But um, your take yeah. kind of on that, and then your thoughts on obviously the whole uh, movie. I'm not letting you dictate my review, so I'm I'm going to say that was really cool, <laughs> and that's and that's okay. what I'll give you. Um, but uh, the relationship that like I want to focus on the most is the relationship between Hawkeye and Black Widow because I think that relationship though not like as much slept on um as as um uh Tony uh and and Pepper um I do think it doesn't get enough credit it doesn't get the credit that it deserves how often do we see movies that have a purely platonic relationship between two very attractive people um, who are obviously interested in the opposite sex. Uh, and, and there's really like never ever any sexual tension. Like we may have thought that early on because we didn't know the history of the characters, but like looking back at it, there is clearly never any sexual tension. Their friendship um, and their relationship is purely built on basically them seeing the good in one another and being able to accept um, the like each other for who they are, and um, it's beautiful, man. Like, I, and I think they the way that they did that, um, and we we knew the setup because we knew what was going to happen when they got up to the top of that mountain on Vormir, um, and the, the fact that, uh, you know, you got this back and forth between them trying to kill them themselves uh, for each other, um, I thought was beautiful. I thought the way it was shot was great. Like, dude, I totally was like, oh, my God, she's going to sacrifice himself for him. Oh, my God, he's not going to let her. He's going to sacrifice himself for her. Oh, my God, dude, she just saved him, and now she's going to sacrifice herself for him. Like, dude, I was just like, oh, my God. This is, like, it breaks my heart, but it's simultaneously so fucking beautiful. Um, and this relationship, I feel like, again, I just feel like it's slept on because it's not a romantic relationship. But that, to me, is why it's so fucking beautiful, and it's my favorite relationship out of any two characters in all of the MCU um, because we don't get that in most movies, like especially if it's like a one-off movie. Um, you usually hit your normal tropes of, you know, like guy is not interested in girl and then, you know, by the end of the movie sees her for this beautiful person that she is or vice versa. Um, and, you know, this had none of that. This was just two people who were genuinely um, like – extremely good friends and extremely supportive of one another and, and, and just like in every way, shape and form um, was a platonic relationship. And the fact that they were able to use that and, and, and make that their mission um, was fucking beautiful. And as much as I hated losing um, Black Widow, I thought it was supremely done. I thought the, the, the buildup of, you know, her going to, I guess, kind of rescue Clint from his vigilante rampage um, was also beautiful, and it, and it led up perfectly um, to set up uh, that scene between the two of them. So, like, I I didn't 
I'll say this. I didn't give as much thought to the relationship between um, uh, Pepper and Tony, um, but I do, I do think you're right about that, Juwan. I do think um, essentially her being like, look, I can't I, – can you live with it? It's not about what I can live with, but can you live with that? Um, I think that is a very underrated moment in the movie, especially now that you highlight it. Um, but the, the one that really stood out to me was absolutely between uh, Clint and Natasha. And it was just like the perfect um, – it's just the perfect cherry on top to, to the build up in their relationship throughout all of these movies. And I fucking loved it. Um, my favorite part, absolutely, um, as I'm sure most of y'all, uh, the – Dude, when, when when Thor is about to get fucking axed by Thanos and fucking Mjolnir comes out and then it fucking pans back and it's Cap who's holding it. Like, oh, my God. Like, literally, I was sitting in a very crowded theater, not a packed theater, but a very crowded theater, um, and I, I couldn't contain myself. I was like, what? Like, she literally said that out loud, like a I couldn't like I'd been silent for the whole movie, but I couldn't I couldn't contain it. Um, like I was just I was like yes, like it was the best. It was definitely my favorite part of the movie. Like it just I like it gave me all of the awesome feels. Um, and I I can't speak highly enough about um like the Russo brothers and their their way to like bring and thread all of these stories together. Um, that being said, I don't think it's as good as Endgame as far as a narrative um, because eh, anything with time travel, it's so hard to like tie together a very cohesive time travel narrative. Um, it's, a, it's Honestly, I think it's impossible. I don't think any movie has ever really done it perfectly. Um, so I, I feel like for that reason, like anybody who's complaining about plot holes, like you, you have to give it somewhat of a pass on that merit that no time travel movie has ever ever been able to do it like perfectly. Um, but I do think like the like cohesive narrative and pacing of uh, of um, Infinity War was slightly better, um, but I enjoyed Endgame more simply because of those little moments, the moments between, uh, like I said, uh, Natasha and Clint, uh, the moment when, um, when Cap, uh, wields Mjolnir, Mjolnir, uh, the, the, like the moments of, uh, you know, like the, do you trust me moment? Um, like very Aladdin-esque. Uh, I, I loved that, uh, you know, between Cap and um, and Tony. Like that was fucking great. Um, and I, you know, I know Kane touched on it. The fact that like they were able to bring their story and their arc to a conclusion from Civil War um, was beautiful. Um, it was it was absolutely absolutely perfectly done. Um, Tony's eventual death, though very fucking sad. Um, and especially the juxtaposition of um, Tony having to watch um, Peter Parker, uh, you know, evaporate into dust, um, and then seeing um, Pete having having to watch Tony like die, um, 
God, that that fucking hit me so hard. Like that was maybe cry moment number three. I'm not sure. <laughs> I just, like, but there was there was there was a lot of them in there. Um, but like that was that was really difficult. Um, but it 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 it, it made sense. Um, it, it, I guess in the sense of like. Uh, to quote George Luke, Lucas, it's like poetry. It rhymes, um, and it it was beautiful. It was absolutely fucking beautiful. Um, but yeah, overall, I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. I loved the the, the final battle, obviously with uh, with um, Cap uh, wielding Mjolnir and you know going to town. Uh, on Thanos, that was fucking awesome. And like you said, Juwan, when he like, like, eventually Thanos is like, fuck this, like I'm gonna fuck you up, and like knocks him back, and then you know he gets up and he picks up the fucking like, you know, half broken shield and straps it to him, and then you know, like Dane said, on your left, like ah, I just I fuck it was just like yes, and then the portals open and everybody comes in, and it was just like yes. Like the fucking the the cavalry has arrived, um, and like now we're gonna get to see a fair fight, uh, and that was fucking amazing. It was so fucking like fulfilling um, as just a fan of the series. It was uh, it was the best, um, and uh, yeah, I mean just everything all told. I I think Dane mentioned um, the the pacing at the beginning. I I like the um, uh, the. The fact that they killed off Thanos early in the movie and then fast-forwarded five years later. Um, the fact that we got a Lebowski reference in this fucking movie was fucking awesome. So, like, let me just, like, definitely highlight that because uh, that was uh, very yeah, close, Thor was close to dude. my heart. Uh, yeah, um, or El Dude Thorino, if you will, if you're not into the whole brevity <laughs> thing. Um but like, yeah, dude, it was fucking great. Like that was amazing. Um, I love in all the little quips. Like they, the 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 fucking Russo brothers are so good at like putting in situational humor and not having it detract from the from the um, I guess the gravity of of the stakes and like what's happening. Uh, and and they just pull that off so fucking well. And I mean, we we've seen it for four movies now, and and it's amazing their ability to be able to do that, um, both with writing and um, and and the way they direct and the delivery of the actors. Um, so obviously that that was at play here. Um, but yeah, man, I it just I fucking loved it. I loved the experience. Um, I, I thought um, Cap's uh, ending was perfect um, for me personally. It does create like some kind of um, a plot hole as far as um, you know h- how could he exist and still be in that like the older version of himself in that particular future unless he always existed in the past. Um, but like the way they set up the their notion of time travel, it didn't really work that way. Um, so like if to me, that's a, that's that's like a plot hole unless someone could like come back and explain it to me. Um, but like, nevertheless, I'm just willing to like kind of disregard it because I I just feel like the moment and the impact means way more to me than um, and 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 the um, fulfillment of Cap's arc um, and the fact that he got that that ending um, 
just just made it for me. Like I I was just like, yes, I'm totally here for it. I think it's I think it was fucking great. Um, like in the moment, I fucking loved it. And when I went back and thought about it and thought about how it doesn't maybe make complete sense, I was just like, fuck it. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care that it doesn't make complete sense. It's all good. Um, and uh, the only the, – and there's a few plot holes uh, as far as time travel in this movie. And so I got, I got one question that I want to pose. I'm going to throw it to you, Juan, um, and then if anybody else can like help out with this, like please do so. Um, so – when they go back in time, they have the pin particle to send them back, you know, forward in time. Um, but they only have one. They only have one shot, right? Um, so the alternate um, nebula comes back in time, uh, and you know, uh, essentially ends up bringing Thanos back. I don't understand how Thanos was able to come back because he didn't have. They would have only had the one pin particle. The only thing that I can think of is that. Somewhere I missed it or somewhere off screen it happened that Thanos um, like came to Earth and then got Pym particles from Hank Pym um, and then was able to come – like bring his ship back. And I guess like all of his army was on that ship because if his – all of his army wasn't on that ship, they, they couldn't have all come back individually unless he just got like a shit ton of Pym particles. And then like how – do they know how to utilize them um, in order to, you know, make his ship small enough to fucking come back? Again, I'm not, like, super hamstrung by this. I mean, I I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, you could just essentially chalk it up to don't worry about that. Um, It's not important. Um, But it it did leave me asking that question as far as, like, uh, and that was the biggest question. Like the uh, again, the, the 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 Captain America thing at the end, as far as him going back in time and showing up on the bench. Like I I, I don't question that too much because I I feel like it, you know it just it needed to happen. Um, and there's a couple others, but that was like the one big one that stood out to me. Um, but uh, Juwan, uh, kick it back to you. Did, did like have you? encountered this question yet um and and what do you think about it and maybe anybody else who maybe has an answer for that i have not encountered it i've encountered the cap one and i do have an answer for that but i'll answer the question that you asked me first um this movie approach time um and you gave the example before but um you might not understand this reference nick but this this movie approach time the same way as the flash like dragon ball z where or, or yes, Dragon, Dragon Ball Z in the film. Yeah, Trunks. Trunks just completely obliterated with the the meaning of time travel and the laws and logics of it. He just gave a well, middle no. finger to it. And super, yeah. But here's the thing: I get all that. I get the setup. I get the way that they set it up. But like, mm-hmm. my specific question has of nothing it. to do with their setup of time travel. It has more to do with yeah. there was only one pin particle for Nebula to come back in time and then to bring Thanos back. But he didn't have the pin particle, which he would have needed to come back. Well, no, 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 no. I think what they're trying – let me not say what they're trying to because they didn't explain it at all. I think the logic of it was she used the particle to bring Thanos and his entire ship um, like they were together, and they came through. And then I assume she at some point got more, um, and then it ampl- – you know, he shrunk it, brought it through the, the, the portal – um, again, 
that's confusing. It, it just is. But it was one of those moments where you well, just kind of go, see this. all right. I could see this. Well, so, I, I so, they all, so they all came back in time via his ship, and then maybe he teleported her into the portal exactly when right. everybody else came back. Yeah, like that, right. that would be the but best explanation for that, it. That well, creates another question. Oh, go ahead, Kanan. Go ahead. Okay, so as far as when coming back, okay, now that that is confusing to some degree because in the movie it shows them all returning at the same time when technically right. they wouldn't have because um, they had already uh, – Tony and Cap had went back to 1970, and they told Ant-Man to go ahead and go back with the scepter. Well, you know, they had already gotten all the stones, but they all yeah, but they would back through the quantum realm at the same time. But what I'm well, saying is – but that doesn't that Nebula, doesn't Nebula. Not, that doesn't necessarily not make sense because they could have all sent themselves back to the same exact time right. to the same so point. That, right, right. Yeah, I don't think. No, that's yeah, really they are. Point. But I'm saying Nebula missed the jump because she had the but little. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that she missed the jump. She could still go back to the same exact time. Right, right, right. Well, hold on, hold no, on one second. She gave, but the, the old Nebula gave Thanos the pin particles. For him to come through the door uh, when she opened it, but like what Nick's saying, if she took the pin particles from present Nebula, how did she get back? That's right. I mean, that's that's the hold because yeah, Thanos did create another come question. through unless she took enough. Because see, there was enough pin particles to do a round trip. So if answer. she took so half to get back. And Thanos took enough to get through. Then that's one trip. So there, that might have been how they did it. They split the particles. Yeah, but she Thanos she had, had enough to get, to get through. Nebula had enough to get back. That doesn't make sense to me because there, there was enough for her to get there and get back. That was it. That's right. So like she went there and went back. Like the only way that it can make sense to me if there is some scene that we didn't get because it's a three-hour-long movie and they didn't want to add we, like another scene to it in which we he, all can. Somehow went to Earth and got some pin particles, and then was able to to do the same thing. We all can a hundred percent agree the Russos definitely didn't think we would oh, we would think about that as much as we are right in this moment. Uh, that's oh, obviously how they would think about this as much as we do. No, because you simply could have explained how she was able to do it. They chose not to, meaning. They were really hoping we wouldn't question it as much yeah. as we are. It was it no, was, I, I, yeah, it was, I just think they didn't have time. I think like they probably yeah. have it all plotted out as how it works. It's just yeah, like it's three hours. Like it, you know, it's like well, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like it was already three hours, so they couldn't make it longer. Um, it, but like from I, I think from what I read, there was originally like a four hour cut of the movie. Um, so like maybe it's explained in that. Um, wow. But like. Yeah, it, it leaves something to be um, uh, questioned. Like again, like that's that's my biggest question uh, coming from the movie. Like I said, there's other time lapse plot holes as far as you know. As far as you know, um, Cap obviously has to return all of the stones to where they are. Like I wonder, like if Cap returns the stone to Vormir, um, I think it's, it's I think that's the, what the planet's called, and he's like, oh hey, Red School, like. What you been doing, bro? I haven't seen you in ages. That's a good point. Um, yeah, <laughs> but 
Yeah. No, but, <laughs> but I, like, I, I will I will say this. I will say this, Nick. The the two questions sure. I got most and, and then let me let me pass this on to Joel who's been waiting. Um the two yeah. questions I got most were um how you know, the whole explanation on um Captain America at the end. The explanation of that is he skipped a time jump, um, and then in the in the past waited there. Like he lived a full life, sat on that bench and then appeared right at that exact moment, Bucky looks over and notices him. Um, still does not make all the, the sense, but that's how that's explained. And the other question I was getting up. Timeline. Exactly. Well, right. no, right. Because, yes, because you have to, as far as the time travel stuff goes, you have to understand what they said. And that was, no, going back and changing said, the past right. doesn't change the present. No, I right. created an alternate timeline. So everything he that he did in the past is now a nut. He, he yeah he's in an alternate timeline that never happened in the timeline. Uh, but he right they he back went to, to the be there to see them time. in that timeline is what I'm saying. Hold on hold um, on let let Dane talk let Dane speak. Go ahead go ahead Dane. No I was just saying no I, I agree because if all right so Cap goes the the biggest thing that's confusing is that anyone watched the Agent Carter series she gets with mm-hmm. another guy I believe in that unless I I remember getting correctly. They start a family, so does he disrupt that whole thing besides the fact right. that he yeah. made out with his niece? And, uh, you know, I thought, like Tilda Swinton said, it creates really an alternate timeline if you go. But it's true. I mean, you know, I mean, he if, did, if we want to ignore yeah. it, you know, just like Daenerys yeah, and Jon, we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, that, um, but but it should create an alternate timeline like Tilda showed. It, it did. shouldn't be in current yeah. day. Well, then well, what I but think then he, what he I, was in – the current and, and here's my like thing. He didn't create an alternate universe because everyone right. was there. Well, here's my thing. That was there. Maybe he, maybe he always existed in that particular mm-hmm. the, the actual timeline um, a, as a second Captain America, but like that kind of flies in the face of the rules they set up. Um, so that's like yeah, but I think thing. I think no, what the Russo brothers okay. were trying to do was. I think what they were trying to do was that there is now an alternate timeline, which means you now have a way to, if you decide to, mm-hmm. six, seven years from now when another Avengers film comes, which might be X-Men versus the Avengers or Secret Wars, whatever, you can go back and get Stark. You can go back and get a younger right. cat because you yeah, have now funny. created an you alternate timeline. You could have done that without creating the plot holes. Look, I'm not I, – I, I yeah. don't – it doesn't bother me. Like I like the way that they did it. I just think that it is yeah. an obvious plot hole. Like I'm cool with it. I I, I disregard it um, because it's not like, Martha. The, the fact that like Cap goes back and gets to like live his life with the woman he loved, like that is the perfect ending to his story. Um, so I I I can disregard the fact that like it's not there. But again, like the, the thing that it is. is I struggle to disregard is how Thanos was able to come forward being that there was only one pin particle to bring either Nebula back or his ship back with his army. Well, she was, she was there. Like she's the one that set that up. Right. Because I remember her going back and finagling something on the machine and then the ship got sent back. And I'm not sure how that worked out. Cause I, I don't remember. <laughs> I only saw it the one time, but I don't. That part didn't bother me as much because I thought there was something I missed there. 
the cap thing definitely that bothers me a lot more because I I can't explain it at all. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. or could you say that Nebula and this can go into your your take on your thoughts on the movie? Could Nebula have done exactly what Rocket did? Remember how Rocket shrunk the Milano and then yeah. put it in Hawkeye's pocket? Yeah. I thought I thought she could, could have done it. I yeah, she could have shrunk it, put it in her right. pocket. That's how, that's how then, Thanos' ship got back. I get that. I right, mean, right, 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 right. Unless she came back on Thanos' ship and was transported down, which they right. didn't right. show in the movie. No, they didn't. It, 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 it creates question <laughs> I think where the confusion would have been avoided is if the ship didn't come through the machine mm-hmm. if it came out of the atmosphere right, then right, you could right. have said right. she, she exactly. dropped it somewhere and then he was shot down and then right. Right. that probably right. would have been a right. better way to do right. it yeah. but the Russos yeah. were like we gave you Avengers Assemble so don't give me shit for this go ahead fucking Fucking up Thanos with Mjolnir, like you can't right. shut up. And and I'm can't complain too much. I'm shutting up. Yeah. <laughs> but your thoughts on Avengers Endgame, Joel? No, I loved it. Uh, I loved it just like everybody else did. And and you know I had my issues. Um, not not many, but I had some uh, time issues, plot hole issues. Like you guys are already talking about the ones that bothered me the most. Um. And obviously the Spider-Man one, which will probably be resolved soon because the movie's coming out in a couple months. But I, I just, I, I just, it didn't matter. Like at the end of the day, um, I loved it all regardless. And I, I, I had, I, I, clapped, I think I mentioned it on Twitter when I was like commenting. I'm like, I don't remember clapping this much during a movie in my lifetime. Um, I clapped a lot. I smiled a lot. And uh, weirdly enough, I didn't cry. And maybe because I was just so excited the whole time that I didn't give myself enough room to cry. But I was definitely emotional and sad. Like, I left the movie wrecked. But I didn't, like, tear like I expected to, like I've done in others. But this one, there was just so much coming at me. It was just probably, like, like I over, overdid it. I was, it like, just, ugly crying. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I'll cried probably so many times. Dude, I cried... I cried when Ant Man fucking hugged his daughter. Like I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, no. get this daughter." I, I like I was like tearing up hearing you talk about fucking cat, uh, I mean, well, Widow and Hawkeye, and I'm like, "That's true. I love that yeah. whole scene. I love them together. I love them at their relationship. It's very platonic, but they they obviously love each other. But it's just as like like brother and sister almost. Like that, that's how much right. they care for each other. And um. Right. I love their relation throughout. I love Hawkeye as Ronan and his becoming a, like a deadly assassin. Like that whole thing was fucking awesome. Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, Black Widow and her her dealing with the five years that passed. Um, I, it, it just there was just so much. Like the, like what, what Dane was saying. Like they killed Thanos in the beginning of the movie. They cut his fucking head off. Like that's like yeah. crazy to take that. If you the moment you take that in, you're like, what do you do now? And then it cut five years later, and you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Five years now what? So you're very, it's emotional. The whole very movie, the whole movie is emotional. Um, but I, I just, it's just it's hard to explain because there's so many great moments. Like the moment you finally, when you see Thor for the first time, like Fat Thor was fucking hysterical. Now at first when I saw it, I thought it was kind of silly, okay. but like as soon as it, 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 like I let it sit and then like his performance throughout and his emotion through it, and he the why the fact that he was definitely. He was going through depression, <laughs> like, and he was drinking his way through it. Uh, and like, yeah. I, I understood that, and I felt for him. And um, and the, and new Asgard was like, it was just funny to look at from where they were to where they are now. It's just like a fishing village, mm. a downgrade. Uh, and seeing Valkyrie that she's living there with him, uh, I thought that was cool. Um, of I, course, it, the, 
the whole Korg there with um what I can't always forget the name of the bug um uh, Meek Meek yeah Meek yeah Meek and Korg uh, that was hysterical and the Thor going off on when that, that troll fucking online when that fucking shit to him online yeah yeah <laughs> Thor like comes on the show so great hey, hey I fucking love that dude <laughs> yeah great. There's just so many. There's so many good scenes with him in general. But then when they decide to go back and like, then that's like really the first act. Because the first act, like I agree with a lot of people, it is slow uh, and dramatic. It's really a downer because you just they're dealing with the effects. Like five years of like, where have they gone? What do you do next? Like it's, it's really a depressing time period. You can see it when like when Scott gets there and asks the kid what happened. The kid just turns around and just drive like you know rides away. No one seems to be very happy in that timeline. Except maybe Tony, and you know, and I think that's why he was hesitant to go through with it in the beginning. Like he says it, like I have everything I want. I don't want to fuck this up. I, I worked hard for whatever I had. I'm I'm just happy enough the fact that I, I was able to have my have my family. So it was a big sacrifice for him, and he went through with it anyway. And that's why for me, like when he at the end when he's when he I am Iron Man at the end with the fucking gauntlet. Well, not the gauntlet, but he's a gauntlet he creates with the gems and. Uh, that, that part was emotional. Like when Tony Stark died, I think hit me the hardest um, because I, it's one of my favorite characters, and uh, just his, the way his performance, especially at the end there when when he's dying, is, he just he just kind of looks disgraced. He does look emotionless, like he doesn't it look like he's already kind of gone. And he's just fading away, and it's sad. It was so sad, but you know he died a hero, and he died at least a martyr at the end of the day. Um, but I mean, I, there's there's so many good moments. There's just so many good moments. Like, I love Professor. Hulk. Hey, hey, like Professor I Hulk. Say real quick, I hope they What's remember up? you. I hope they remember you. Thanos says to him in the last yep. in the last movie, yep. and it's like That's right. they're gonna remember you now, bro. You saved everybody. Yep. There has to be a, a Tony Stark statue built at some point, right? I mean, oh, somewhere fuck, maybe in yeah. the there has to be. There Absolutely. has to be a start. I don't know something. <laughs> There's got to be something. Um, but I was talking Professor Hulk, like Banner merging with the Hulk. I love that. I love that. I know a lot. Of, like it was jarring in the beginning. The later guy used to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, exactly. So it's like this. I loved everything that had the Hulk in it. Like I loved when he went. They went. They went back to Manhattan during the fight for New York, and he's like seeing himself raging out, and he's like embarrassed for himself. Like, like I, I, he can't even act. Like he's angry anymore because he's just so self-aware and kind of like smart and everything. Um, I thought that was hysterical. That seeing the whole, all the cameos in it, uh, it, it I, I went through so many different things. I can't remember everything. It's just <laughs> like the final, the final battle. Uh, I think uh, obviously, like everybody, there's some, there were so many great moments. Like I still remember, like when when Spider-Man shows up in, in the the Iron Spider suit and the, the instant kill mode, and he's going like the, yeah, the arms just to have like a mind of their own and just, just spiking all the fucking outriders and shit. I love that scene. That was fucking great. Um, that was great. Or when they're taking the the gauntlet and they're just playing keep away mm-hmm. like, to try to get it to the other side with like a Black Panther yeah. and. Uh, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, then the whole girl, that whole girl shot, like right, the whole eight girl shot. Beautiful. Uh, oh, that was yeah. definitely. Uh, that was fucking that was, amazing. Yeah, that was just all you guys. Just you brought up. that up. Uh huh. To me, that scene really got me emotionally, and I heard someone else say this on a review. I forgot which podcast. Uh, mainly because Scarlett Johansson died, or, or right. uh, yeah. you know, Black Widow died, and she was the first female superhero. And then right. you have at the end the A Force, if you will. All the women fighting together, and she's not yeah. there. And it really, yeah. really like when I thought that's about it, it like me. that, I was like, "Damn, it hit me." Yep. Yeah, that's where it hit me too. It I mean, I, I felt it once she yeah. died originally, but 
it hit me the most when I saw that shot and she wasn't in it. And that has to hurt, like, her as an actress. You're like, I wasn't in that shot. <laughs> but, I, I did want to ask you, when when she sacrificed herself, I, I thought this when the events of Gamora, Red Skull made it just super clear that, like, you have to sacrifice someone. He never said how. How the fuck do people keep trying to jump off that shit? Like, get thrown <laughs> off of it, jump off of it? Just stab her. Yeah. Like, stab her, like, eight times. Like, why do you keep stab jumping her. off that shit? <laughs> right? I'm like... When she when she let go, I was just like, that's such a long fall. Just tell him to stab you, or, or just like shoot me in the face. Like don't don't let me I fall was, that far, dude. Dude, I was I was honestly hoping, like against all hope, that like he would be like, I can see that you both are willing to sacrifice yourself for one another, and so I will let you both live. And like, of, of course, oh, that didn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Um, but like, I was like so hoping for it oh, against dude. all odds, and the fact that like, dude. Like, again, like, the fact that she fucking was just, like, you are going to see your family again. Like, ah, oh, it just gets me, man. I love, I love I'll, those characters. I'll say this. Their the Russo and brothers his reaction did to it after. His reaction. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was great. Painful. Yes. I will say. Oh, dude, the they did with They did with Hawkeye in this movie exactly what I hate that Whedon did in Age of Ultron because of how it ended. Mm. Um, It built it up like, man, Hawkeye lost everything. Mm -hmm. Um, This could possibly be a pipe dream. So it's like he's sacrificing himself knowing that if if he doesn't do it, it could all possibly fail. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'll make the ultimate sacrifice. Same thing he did in Ultron where he was like, you know what? To protect this kid, I'll take these bullets. Then what do you know? (laughs) Save. And it's like, God damn it, Hawkeye. How many Hawkeye close calls are you going to get? And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get so many close Hawkeye calls. I will not die because everyone wants you to die. That's what that's it, all it, it was, is. It's all spite. It was crazy because <laughs> it's like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys know how much I want to see Hawkeye create the West Coast Avengers. Don't oh, do this to me. And then it's like, all right, he's saved. And then I'm like, all right, you guys know how much I want Illuminati. Yeah. Don't he, do this to me. You already like, know Hawkeye's going to have his own TV show. So right. like, what you, and then but Black Widow's having her own movie. Is that a prequel? I mean, it's it's now a prequel. We now know it has to be a prequel. Yeah, it has right. to be a prequel. Um, Absolutely. But I, I, I will say this to Joel's point of Professor Hulk. Um, I, I was telling everyone yesterday, the only reason why I, I didn't necessarily enjoy it was because I felt as though Infinity War was setting up their version of, like, remember how cool it was when we all saw um, Berserker Wolverine? Yeah. I thought we would get a version of, not not accurately, but a version of Worldbreaker Hulk. Like, I thought we would see Banner, just Banner throughout the movie, and then when he hears Widow died, I thought after that, we would see him Hulk out with just so much rage uh-huh. that we see that shot of him turning to the Hulk, well, beating yeah. up Thanos. I, but, go ahead. I see what you're saying, but my, my, it's, to I me, the Hulk... I would have loved to see Thanos versus Hulk. I would have, too. Two. I really would have. Yeah. And I think even Professor Hulk could have you know, had a chance. But uh, my thing with Hulk was I think it was an arc because he's only been angry Hulk like forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's right. how it started. So it slowly progressed, and you saw he kind of got a little bit smarter like in... With Thor Ragnarok, which is one of my favorite versions of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and that was, it, it's just, you saw it progress, and then you're like, where does it go next? The only, you know, the only way to, way to go now to finish it off is that he finally becomes one with the Hulk, and he's right. the smart Hulk. Which I'm yes. fine with if in Infinity War you hadn't completely gotten rid no. of us getting the opportunity to seeing. Hulk, Hulk. I agree with the, group. with the fact. Only reason I I, I I agree with you. I'm just saying. The only my only thing is that um, 
because he got wrecked in Infinity War and never right. got any type of revenge for that. None. That bothers me a little bit inside. Still didn't in this movie. Why didn't, like I understand the Trinity of the, you know Thor, Cap, and Iron Man, but Hulk was in there. You could have had a Hulk. You could have had. A, and I know he had one arm. And I get right. that. I, I understand. It's just, you know, I saw he got a little. He got a little joking. Go ahead, Dan. Joel, Joel, you might have been, you might have noticed this, but I love the visual that they took from Secret Wars of Hulk holding up the whole entire Avengers Tower or whatever the hell the place yeah. is. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. in Secret Wars, he does that with a mountain range. He has to hold it up while the Marvel heroes are trying to get out of there, and he just shows how strong right. he is. I thought that was a really cool visual yeah. nod. We yeah. also haven't even they talked did about. One arm. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Hell Hydra? How about that whole entire yeah. elevator scene revisited oh, and the oh, little dots of the comics? Yes, that was right. hysterical. Can I, there was definitely a double that's usage another, for that. Yeah, that's another plot hole, though. Is like, um, you know, like, yeah. like how <laughs> does how does Captain America get the um, get the space stone back to where he left it, where they ended up going in the seventies, but also like prevent Loki from getting it. Um, in in that spectrum, like I did, I mean, it's, I guess that there's a way it could happen, but like it it it's it, it's tough. It's confusing. It's that ultimate. It's that alternate timeline. Like Loki now exists on a completely alternate timeline. So where Cap right. erased what he erased was the idea of when they went back and stole it. Right. That timeline is gone. Right. The whole Hulk talking to, to Ancient One, that timeline's obliterated. Yeah. Loki himself, just purely off disappearing with the Tesseract, right. now created an alternate one. Right. So we do and now really have an start? alternate timeline. In my opinion, there, all timelines will end with a snap, yeah. except the current one. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that sucks is there's 14 million different timelines that don't end with them fucking defeating Thanos. Like right, you know, all right. other timelines. That's are crazy. What about the five year gap between Peter and half his classmates now? I mean, I guess Ned got snapped, well, MJ. But how yeah, are they gonna explain MJ that? Wait, <laughs> wait. How say, anybody, say the way any of the close characters were snapped? That's the only way you can explain. Yeah. It. Yeah. The only way they rectify it is anyone you've seen on screen in Homecoming that actually meant something to the story, like yeah. notable characters, they were gone. They were just gone. Yeah. So exactly. everyone comes exactly. back and is like, what uh, What happened? As long as they explain it, I'm fine with it. I just thought it was kind of convenient. All oh, his friends got snapped. Yeah, it's super convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but see, that's the issue with Marvel not fully owning Spider-Man is that you then have to make things yeah. not really make sense. The same way Homecoming is also why they again. say this is the end, like, of phase three was, is actually far from right. home and not end game. And yeah. I think Kevin Feige Makes in sense. that is like, I think in that is like, all right, hold on. If we're going to do any more with Spider-Man, I either have to figure out how I can get more control mm-hmm. or all control um, before using this character mm-hmm. again going forward. Ultimately, um, he will be part of whatever the next Avengers movie is. Right, right. And what you don't right. want is exactly what you got this time mm-hmm. and exactly what you got during Homecoming. I mean, it affects Amy, Avengers. It affects Spider-Man. Right, so. right. And I, I will say to everyone who is, like, far from home, technically somewhat spoiled, um, Tony, oh, for Endgame, oh, yeah. the only thing that I felt was a little bit spoilerish was when the check said Pepper. Yeah. I was kind but, of just I like mean, she was uh, CEO anyway, so but she would have signed it his name. I think she still would have. Probably, she probably could have signed it herself. My my big thing is you didn't see Tony at all, so that's obviously a bad giveaway. <laughs> like, right, but if you did see him, it wouldn't have told you that he died. No, anyway. that's why it was it was it worked the way honestly, they did it. Just... Honestly, they probably should have put Tony Stark's 
signature on the check, and then right. like as, as like that. a yeah to fuck with people, but eh, yeah. whatever. I agree. I mean, I I again, I like I I expected either he or Cap to die, um, and I right. totally expected it to be Cap in the moment when you know Thanos mm-hmm. like fucks him up and he's like picking up his shield and all that and yeah. like, standing up. Um, I totally thought it would be him. Um, and, and that I would did, have made total sense, but but like it wasn't, and it the way they did it, like it was great, and I I mm-hmm. you know I don't feel like I don't feel like that trailer like spoiled that for me. I I I don't. I agree. I, I think it was last week. I, I don't think it was last week, but I'm pretty sure I said recently because I've definitely said this out loud. I thought Tony was gonna die, and I thought somehow Cap was gonna go back in time and be with Peggy. So I'm actually really happy. Now, what I did not see coming, obviously, was Scarlett Johansson dying. I didn't even think about that because of her movie coming out, that she would be the right, one that right, sacrificed right. herself. But I was so happy, as much as it didn't make sense, that they went ahead and had Cap, you know, have the dance and stuff like that. I just – I visualized that in my head for years and wanted that to be the ending result. But uh, I'm, I'm glad they went ahead and did it. I will say the, the biggest thing to me – that I thought um, that I would have changed was during the funeral scene. Um, Cause I think a lot of people missed Stanley's actual cameo. Cause it just moved so quick. It was in the car, yeah. Right. It was in the car when they went back to 93. What I would have 73, I'm sorry. 70. I was born in 93. Uh, <laughs> what I would have preferred as a Stanley cameo is remember where Nick Fury was positioned. Yeah. Like the guy who started it all. I would have preferred I would have preferred if it was Stan Lee looking over all his characters. Um and you had him on the porch. Um Uh, and that to me would have I would have cried more in that than anything else in the movie. Um because that would have been fucking perfect. It's emotional to me because it's like it's such a blessing he got to see this. Mm -hmm. Um he got to see this flourish. Um, like he didn't pass during Iron Man, so he didn't he get to see for before, I mean, right. before Endgame. Just he before Endgame. It, you know, before I'm sure he did. So it was it was beautiful, and I think the perfect send off to Stan um, would have been having him up there, mm-hmm. and maybe even having Nick Fury come stand next to him. Right. Um, right. But you like, having that like, moment, like Stanley standing at the top, and then Nick Fury walking from off camera to on camera and standing next to him. Right. I just think Stanley being the overseer. Mm-hmm. Of ever if all of his characters if it was just him in a rocking chair um, would have been fine yeah would have been <laughs> fine because it would and you could have uh, even had like in that serious moment you could have had a, a a quick moment of happy going do, do we know you yeah. and like and he didn't have to say anything but it just would have been a quick funny moment um and it would have meant you. a lot to us uh, yeah yeah you're yeah absolutely right so, about that that would have been that would have been apex fucking cameo level shit right there. Yeah, I don't so need that to, cry to me was. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, but like John Favreau, right after that, when he was talking to Iron Man's like, uh, oh, daughter, like that dude, made me cry yeah. too, man. Every that five fucking too. minutes. I totally oh. And what I do love about that, that scene that you're speaking of, Dane, is that's, that to me was Feige's way of saying anyone who thought Riri was possible in this universe, she's not. If anyone's going to take this mantle from Tony, it will be a possible idea of his daughter growing up um, to inherit the uh, the Iron Man name. I, I think I don't totally agree with that. But I don't I think, think we're getting Riri. Is what I'm saying. I say that I don't count it out. 
I, to me, I you know why do when his daughter exists. Go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say, you know, my idea is just take Shuri. You know, she is probably the biggest tech expert. I think they said she was better than Tony or more intelligent. She's young. She is. She can go have her, her own alias. You know, she's, you know, Shuri, so you can go Riri, and then she can take up an Iron Man mantle and work with uh, War Machine in another the movie. Iron. And then you can have your cake yeah. and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. It you could. You could. Um, what I also loved was, remember how we all said to to each other, like, all right, like, they need to explain, like, what happened with Wakanda throughout, you know, the, from Thanos snapping all the way to the yeah, events of the end of the game. I love how they rectified it by, like, when T'Challa comes out of the portal first, mm-hmm. obviously once he came back from the snap, it's just, like, oh, cool, our king's back. All right, good. Yep, everything's yeah. back to normal. Well, Dr. Strange said, oh, shit, we've, we, what, five? He said five years. Yeah. He realized it's been five right. years. It's like, like five years. Yeah. Um, but I will yeah. say this. To um to everyone who complained about there not being in credit scenes, mm-hmm. I do want to mind you there were in credit scenes. Allow me to name them. We saw a brand new Wakanda that looked like Las Vegas. It looked it now looks like Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So um that was an in credit scene. The Asgardians of the Galaxy was an in credit scene. Valkyrie now yep. the queen of Asgard new is Asgard. A, new Asgard. I'm sorry <laughs> is an in credit scene. Falcon. Spidey the, uh, shield. Spidey coming to America. Right, the shield pad oh, yeah. was yeah. an end credit scene, yeah. and also the last end credit scene. Well, before the cap, because the cap was the last end credit scene, but before that mm-hmm. was Peter coming back seeing Ned again. Yeah. So we know that all that is back to normal. Cool. Yeah. Those are right. end credit scenes. I think what people forget is end credit scenes set up what's to come next. Yeah. That's exactly right. what all four, all, all five of those movie, scenes there were pre-credit scenes. Right. I <laughs> yeah. think the Russo brothers did it the smart way because. It was three hours, so it was like instead of making people wait till all the credits are gone, yeah. I'll give it to you now so right. that you could just leave. If you want. Yeah. If you yeah. want, right. Um, so and those they, were all in credits. And they're scenes. kind of famously, they're not about in credit, credit scenes. So, like, no, if they not could really. incorporate it into the movie, like, great, and they did it very well. Right. So I want, I want us to go, you know, to give our favorite in credit scene out of what we saw. Also, we can add in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Pre-credit scenes. I'm sorry. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp was one, and then also if you want to count, if you want to count Tony's message to Pepper, Rhodey, um, oh, yeah, his daughter, yeah, that could count as one. Um, which that maybe I can't even say. I can't even say Andre 3000 now without crying. Um, just 3000 to me is obliterated me. Um, but I want to start with you, Kanan. We haven't heard from you in a while. Which of those seven? pre-credit screens um, stood out to you the most? Um, I think the biggest <laughs> was, is uh, Thor joining uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy because we know uh, that's going to be a film that uh, is you know coming down uh, sooner rather than later, especially with Gunn uh, being brought back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that makes that movie even more interesting um, because, you know, now Nebula appears to be part of the Guardians. Um, right. and it looks like they've set this movie up to be um, them searching uh, for Gamora. Uh, who knows what they're going to run into. Um, I know a lot of people speculate that Adam Warlock will be the villain. I actually seen somebody uh, retweet something James Gunn put out saying that he never confirmed that Warlock would be the villain, so he may not be. No, but I think it just I just think it makes it even more interesting because we don't know that we're going to get a a, a fourth Thor movie, and just to have him, he, I'm telling you, man, he has such great chemistry. That was like 
some of the best parts in um, yeah. in Infinity War was Thor uh, bickering back and forth with uh, with Quill. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to that. And like you said, uh, it does look like um, Wakanda is much more advanced um, as far as technology in the last five years. So it looks like McCoy um, did a really good job of running things while um, Shuri and uh, I guess I'm assuming everybody pretty much, you know, was snapped because they even brought, they even had Angela Bassett that kind of had her there. So it makes me kind of think maybe she was part of the snap as well. Um, yeah, I will say. But the, as far the, as the, the most. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I know the most angry person uh, after the events of like Infinity War and Endgame was 100% like Killmonger is somewhere, wherever you think he is. Um, He's somewhere like, damn, if I had just waited. Like Thanos would have snapped. I could have possibly still been here, ruled over um, Wakanda. And he's just like, damn, he missed his mark. (laughs) He came too early. He said it. Right? (laughs) He's he's looking up like, damn it, Thanos. You could have looked out for me, man. Um, But, but no, I I will say to your point, Kanan, one thing that I can almost guarantee you um, that if Gunn does run with the idea of the Asgardians of the galaxy is, I can almost guarantee you that means we're getting Beta Ray Bill in Guardians 3. Um, it takes place in space. Yep. You, you now have the possibility of that. And what I would love is that if Mjolnir is still in Thor's possession along with Stormbreaker, um, and you have this moment where someone kind of summons uh, Stormbreaker and it shoots past Thor and you see Beta Ray holding it. Even if it's just like a quick scene and they don't really manifest much of it, um, just the idea that we could see that, because Stormbreaker is, well, that version is Thor's and Ultimates, but Stormbreaker ultimately is Beta Ray Bill's name. Stormbreaker. Right, the name Stormbreaker. Yeah. Um, so well, we to me, Cap, if you can give... Go ahead. I was going to say, we know Cap took uh, Mjolnir with him uh, when he went in the time portal, but I we don't he see him with it, it at the end. Yeah. yeah, I think he returned it when he took the ether back to Asgard. I right. think he returned Mjolnir. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. We yeah, have okay. to, definitely did. We have to imagine yeah. Thor yeah. in that moment, yeah. in that moment of, um, which we obviously know is Thor Dark World. I'm sure he's like, all right, where the hell is my Mjolnir? Like, he's, like, <laughs> what's it? he's like, where is it? Like, his mother just walks in and is like, don't worry, your future self came and took it. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's, there's a scene in there that where Thor's standing there with his arm out. Yeah, just like, all right, <laughs> for like an hour of this. <laughs> so, and I do love... I do love that Natalie Portman was a good sport and came back because um, we do know how much she hated <laughs> being Jane um, in, in the Thor series. Um, so I thought that was great because you definitely could have just had it off screen and never showed her. I do wish Kat Denning had come back just so we could hear her call <laughs> Mjolnir uh, Meow Meow. She'd be like, oh, Meow Meow. I just thought that was the, I thought that was the funniest that part of uh, Thor The Dark World and what was a pretty <laughs> terrible movie. I still yeah. fucking want her and and uh, dude buddy uh, from uh, Ant Man to have a fucking relationship and a series. Like I want them to be together. They're perfect. Yeah. But go ahead, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you were saying something. Yeah, I think I just forgot thinking about that series. Uh, um, damn it! <laughs> I, I don't remember. Don't worry about it. If I think about it, I'll say. All right, but, ahead, uh, real quick before you, real quick before you pass it on. Though, so as far as the actual, the ending of the movie, uh, those those two scenes. I mean, especially the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I think I think that's pretty much set up from there. 
Um, but as far as like the end credits go, I thought the um, I thought the credits themselves were were done really well, especially with the main uh, Avengers. You know, they're you know they're showing their character and then the signature. I thought that was really cool. And then if you stayed all the way to the end of the movie, um, you can hear um, Iron Man. You know, from the original, from the first movie, clanking on yeah. you know creating the Mach One. So that was just a cool, you know, little nod. So if you stayed to the end, you heard that. Um, but, you know, I like the fact that we didn't have a real true post credit scene because it gives you kind of a mystery going into what's happening next. So, I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of I hope they do that with some of the movies going forward because it kind of leaves you in suspense, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, what, what are we getting next? Plus, this did make it seem like it was a true ending Um you know, it wasn't, you know, the Guardians will return or the Avengers will return and nothing like that. So I thought it was well done. Yeah, I also noticed that um, they what they didn't do, and I assume this is Feige's doing, was they didn't set up like we know who the new Avengers are going to be. But if you're someone who doesn't read comics or doesn't really know anything, they didn't set up that like, oh, we're, you know, these are the new Avengers. Like, no, they set up solo stories to go forward. Um, but we know that's exactly what Kevin Feige said he wanted to do. No more intertwining. Like, it's just individual stories going forward um, that will very, very, very loosely tie in to what they're going I to be doing going forward. Oh, no, no, we definitely will, but it didn't It didn't sow in the seeds of it. Right. Like, remember at the end it's of Age of Ultron? Right. right. <laughs> the end of Age of Ultron kind of set it up to where it's like Cap is, like, you know, grooming Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't see anything else about that um, going forward. So, um, but, yeah, sorry. Um, Dan, I'm going to go to you next. What of the seven pre-credit screens, uh, pre-screening pre, pre, pre Yes. There you go, whatever. Um, come on, stood out to you the most. Stood out to me the most. I think the Captain America scene really was a good emotional scene, yep. and it sets up, you know, some building for the show that's going to be coming out that we don't, I don't think, know the name of with Falcon and Bucky. Now that Falcon, now that Sam, is going to be Captain America. I think it makes sense that Bucky doesn't take the shield because I think people have brought this up a million times. Bucky is, even though he didn't remember it, he was a sleeper agent and a terrorist and an assassin and killed world leaders all over the place for years. So giving him the part of the Captain America thing doesn't seem as reasonable as, as Sam, who has fought for his country, you know, one cap over as being such a uh, intelligent, smart soldier and was a part of his journey in the modern age. So, I think that that's a really cool nod. I'm looking forward to their show. I hope that Bucky does take some looks to the Bucky Captain America costume within his costume, kind of represent him, if you will, uh, to some extent. I don't know if it's going to be like an espionage show. I was thinking that this was going to be like where Captain America was going to be a part of it. Obviously, that's not the case. It's more going to be just the two of them. Thanks, Kitty, for knocking that over right now while I'm talking. Sorry about that, guys. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect and seeing what happens from there. And I, one thing, one person that you didn't mention, but I kind of, I, I mentioned beforehand, you know, seeing Scarlet Witch for the small uh, amount of time in this and how she seemed like, you know, because of what happened previously, that she was extremely aggressive and just kind of out of her mind a little bit and was able to go pretty toe to toe with Thanos for a while, which honestly in the comics, that's normal. I mean, uh, Wanda is one of the most powerful 
mutants uh, and and superheroes within that universe. Well, I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to take away and with their series coming out with Vision, going to give us a you know a look at her dealing with Vision not being there or her creating Vision. Like in the comics, she created her children that weren't real, and when they disappeared, she went insane. And Avengers disassembled happened where she ended up you know killing a bunch of her friends later on in a big epic. House of M happened where she warped reality into what she wanted, and then afterwards decimated the mutant population. Now, I'm not going to say that she's going to do all that, but I feel like from her being like that and Vision not being there with her series, I'm looking forward to it because that can provide more storytelling for her possibly to get to that level as well. So I'm wondering if they meant to do that or if it just she was pissed that he killed Vision and that has nothing to do with it. I'm just like, you know, just, just searching and reaching for shit. I don't know. No, 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 no. You're, you're not reaching at all. I think um, we are seeing the birth of um, possible birth of mutants. Um, and I think her show will, will definitely dig into that. I think the more interesting thing about her show is I'm assuming you have to incorporate Shuri, um, if not the Hulk, into that show, mainly because Vision is an AI. So you have to rebuild them. We know Scarlet Witch isn't a, a scientist, so she's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he doesn't return from the snap because he's not a living organism. And he didn't die from the snap. Right. <laughs> he died in the most brutal way possible. Um, right. So to to me, you have to kind of answer that. And I'm curious on how you do it. Like, is Vision remade maybe uh, by by, like, enemies like Hydra, Russia, something like that? And she has to take them on, and through that, they rekindle? Um, or, like, how does that go? I'm assuming he has to come back as maybe not necessarily a villain, but not the same as we, we left him. Um, and that'll be interesting. So I don't think you're far off at all. And I think what I loved about that scene of her going head-to-head with Thanos is that Kevin Feige came out and was like, the most strongest Avenger is um, uh, Captain Marvel. And I'm like, BS, like, Scarlet Witch exists. You can't tell me, even in the movies. You have not shown me anything that shows me that Captain Marvel is supposed to be stronger than Scarlet Witch. Because Scarlet Witch looked to hold her own way more than Marvel did. Like, she was about to kill Thanos. If it wasn't for the fact that... That's pretty strong. I guess, yeah. But just throw a suit on on Scarlet Witch. She can survive now. Um, But no, I mean, I, I thought that was very significant, Dane, and I'm glad you brought it up, the how she she stood the best against Thanos. If she didn't let her anger um, kind of cloud her judgment, she could have, like, that killed Thanos in that moment. Um, it didn't look like it was that difficult to her. Um, you know yeah, that, that's very about? important. What's up? Another another person I mentioned earlier, and, and it's because we were talking about so much about, like, there's problems with time and things that they did. If they really wanted to go back to it, you know, you brought them up and I brought them up, Kang the Conqueror would be a person that could be like, even though I think that he's pretty much a terrorist that goes from, you know, all the way to ancient Egypt and steals shit, you know, they could actually direct him into being someone that's like trying to go after the Avengers for fucking up the time stream itself. And that could be his very much like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, like kind of bring him in that way as being a pretty big villain. I don't really know how you make his power levels higher or whatever, but since they did that, we look at stuff like that always in the past. There's always plot holes within Marvel, but they're usually really good, uh, unlike something like The Walking Dead, to going back and being able to bring that forward and kind of, you know, wrapping that up. So I'm wondering if that actually was ten- in- or the- intentionally they did that with messing with the time stream because of Kang. 
Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think what you could add as a caveat to make Kang the Conqueror blend in this current universe is have it to where he thinks rebuilding the um, the gauntlet and snapping again will make his his alternate um, timeline, uh, it will fix it. So he then looks to try to find these stones. And I would love it if the first people that come in contact with Kang is the Guardians because they're in space. They're in space. You have that interaction with them. Um, and then you can easily make it to where Kang is what leads to something bigger. Because um, there's no way you're telling me this snap happened that affected the universe, not not just Earth, the universe. And Galactus isn't like, all right, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Who's messing with, with all of the universe? Half a cake. What the fuck happened? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I definitely think you can implement that a lot. Um, I think we all, Dane, would like to see Kang the Conqueror. It, it's a great character, and Earth's Mightiest Heroes made him even cooler. Um, it visualized something that introduced him. Well, th- that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is completely true. Um, I just don't know if I necessarily like the idea of Kang as an Avengers film villain. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm more con- confused at. That's why I think if like you did Thor four, maybe Guardians. I, I-, I don't know where you put them. Yeah. Um, I'd wait a little bit. I'm done with time travel for a little bit now. Oh, 100%. Give me some time. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I was telling everyone we were doing Geeks Against the Grain, I thought at the end of Avengers, um, that that guy was Kang. Yeah. Um, and then when he turned around and smiled, I was like, oh, my God, it's Thanos. But I think if you went with Kang, <laughs> okay. I honestly did. Because I'm like, all right, like, what's what's going on here? And then I'm like, all right, no, no, that's Thanos. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Uh, but I won't lie to you. I did think it was Kang. But um, anyway, sorry, Nick, I'm going to go to you. What of the seven pre-credits, I'll just say that. There we go. Yeah. Um, it stood out to you the most. Mm-hmm. If you need me to name them again, let me know. Uh, yeah, run through them one more time. All right, so you had the new Wakanda. Um, you had, excuse me, the message start left to the Stark family pretty much. You had Peter showing back up at school with Ned. Um, you also had Ant-Man and the Wasp, the three of them all together, uh, Ant-Man, Wasp, mm-hmm. and his daughter. You had the new mm-hmm. Asgardians of the Galaxy. You had the new Asgard with their queen now. Um, and you had, of course, Cap passing the shield to, uh, to Falcon. Well, Cap passing the shield to Falcon is obviously very intriguing because um, we obviously get, like, some ode to the comics there. Uh, and the fact that, like, Falcon is, like, the one that he chose. Um, and and seemingly, like, Bucky knew it would be Falcon, um, like, you know, because he said, hey, look over there, like, hey, go ahead. Um, so it's almost like he knew that, like, that would be the case. Um, so that's that's really intriguing. Um, but honestly, to me, the most intriguing aspect of all of this is Spidey. Like, if – obviously, like – Ned was snapped. Um, I would assume uh, uh, MJ was snapped. Um, but, like, what could this possibly bring into the fold for um, all of these other characters? The fact that we don't actually have, um, like, an actual, like, Mary Jane, like, maybe they could bring that in. Like, she was five years younger than. And Spidey throughout this whole time period, and like now she's not. Now she's the same age. Um, 
uh, or Gwen Stacy, for that matter. Um, there's a lot at play here that they could utilize for um, Spider-Man. Um, and I'll be – simply because it's the very next movie um, that happens, I'll be really interested to see if they utilize um, all of the things that have happened with the snap and with um, the uh, – I guess the, the Hulk snap and like how they work all of that in together and how like – any of these, any and all of these characters, like, um, like, essentially happen with one another. Um, how they address it, like, just simply, I guess, a big question for me: How do you address the snap with these characters that have dealt with it and been through it and come out the other side? Um, like, how does that affect them? Uh, that's just like a really big question for me, and I I really hope that um, that uh, Far From Home uh, is able to address it, not make it like a pinnacle part of the storyline, but you have to address it at this point. Um, and so, like that's what I'm most interested in seeing. I think we do get that. I think now that we've seen Endgame, I think if we if we speculate with Joel hates and put things in proper perspective, uh, when Happy's on the the jet telling Peter like it's just you now, I think the point he's making to him is there's no Avengers to come save you. It's it's just you. So like right. if you're gonna be Spider Man, know that you're doing it by oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I like think that. Actually. Yeah, I think that's the point that he's making to him. Um, and I think I think Peter because to me. What I kind of loved about the way that they shot that Far From Home trailer is that it's so much fun. It makes you think that you don't address anything of whatever happens in any game. That's why when people are like, it kind of spoils, I'm like, not really. Like, none of that felt, like, sad, depressing. And after we've now seen Endgame, it's like that's a completely different tone, obviously, from Endgame. All the things spoils is Spider-Man's alive. Yeah, that's it. But if you thought he wasn't going to be, it's, right, like, well, right. it's more shame on you. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think Far From Home will very, very, very lightly touch mm-hmm. on Endgame. I think you might get it through dialogue from Fury. I think you might get it from dialogue from Happy, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, I just I, I don't see how Sony would, in their end, want it to focus that much on it. Right. Um, Sony is focused on trying to get them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't see it that much, but I can now see from just that trailer, that's what Happy meant by it's just you now, kid. Um, like no one's coming in to save you. Um, and I, I also now I'm remembering that line that Cap threw at 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 um at Peter when he threw Mjolnir to help him kind of weave through yeah. with the gauntlet, and he kind of goes, um, what do you say, hey Brooklyn or or something like that? Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I was kind of like, I, I, I love that. Right, I love that. I would have loved to have seen more of Cap with Spider-Man. Now, what's interesting is, in the comics, we do see a Captain America around that age um, as more of a leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. So are you saying that this Cap is going... Because remember, the Russos said, um, when they were asking about, like, is this the end for for Captain America? Mm -hmm. And he kind of goes, no. Um, so did he mean that in the sense of no, because he didn't die, or no, because you might see him pop up, whether it's in the Falcon Winter Soldier show, 
or, you know, yeah, old man cat. Because I would love it to be like if the Falcon Winter Soldier show is about, let's say, 10 episodes long. Like that 10th episode, it ends with Cap coming like out of the shadow and saying like, you know, um, we've got more work to do or something along those lines. And it leads into a season two. I just want to see Falcon and his damn Captain America that's what I want to see. I think now you kind of have to. I don't want to see him in his regular Falcon clothes. He's Captain Falcon now. Like yeah. you, you address him as such. Yeah. <laughs> like I can, I can already feel like now in the trailer for that show, you're gonna get a line to where like, you, I, I can imagine that too. I can see a line to where, um, you know, someone kind of asks like uh, Falcon, like, what do we call you now? And he's like Captain Falcon. And like he looks at Bucky. That's definitely gonna be a joke. Right? And he looks at Bucky, and Bucky goes, "Bucky goes, I'm not calling you that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm never calling you that." Um, or we get a sweet moment between the two where um, Falcon just goes, "Like, am I Falcon now, Captain Falcon?" And and Bucky kind of goes, I, "I think he would like it if you were Captain Falcon." Like that sweet Captain moment America, between the two. That's what he's gonna be called. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All that's right. what he was in the comics. He was Captain America. I can see them changing. I joke as Captain Falcon because. The game, but yeah, I just it's just it, it, that's definitely going to be a joke they make hopefully during the during the show. But that would be great because it'd be funny. Yes. Um. All right. So I ask you now. We're on the UJO. Which of the seven pre credit pre stood out to you the most? That's probably the one that stood out the most for me was the Captain America one because that's that's who I wanted at the end of the day to get the shield. I wanted Falcon to get it. Um. I thought in terms of, like, where the direction of the, the Marvel Universe is going, I just felt like it was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't know if it was going to be through his death that would, it would happen, but it, it, I thought it ended very sweetly. You know, the way his, his ending, the way, even if it didn't make sense to me, I, I still love the way it ended for Cap. He, you know, got to live out his life with Peggy. Uh, I don't know where Steve Rogers is going to fit in the future of this. Uh, in some capacity, I have no doubt. Hopefully, in the future, he comes back as Captain America. But for right now, Cap Falcon is going to be our Captain America, and he accepts it. Um, I love like when he picked up the shield and he says it doesn't. It feels like someone else's or whatever, and he says it's not. He put his hand on his on his. Uh... Man, that was really sweet. Right? <laughs> crying right now. <laughs> that was uh, really emotional that uh, he did that, and that uh, like. Like if I, I I felt that when you said that to him, like this is yours now. That I'm passing it on to you. Right. So you'll see that a lot in movies, now. like especially superhero movies. You know these characters stay for a long time. Uh, you rarely get to see the end of their journeys. But the fact that we got to see two iconic characters pretty much end their journeys in the same movie with Iron Man and, and, and Cap, um, it's just it was nice. It was really nice, and I, that was probably the scene I liked the most because. I do want to see Captain Falcon. <laughs> I really do. I can't wait to see how that works out. And hopefully we get some of that in um, Falcon in Winter Soldier. Unless it's, eventually that's a, you know, that was a swerve, and it's actually called Captain America in Winter Soldier. That would be great. <laughs> um, I, I will say you're completely right. We don't usually get that. And, yeah. and what was super special about that is our favorite superhero refuses to pass the man. I refuse. Uh, <laughs> he would rather die than yeah. to pass on the, the mantle. He's like, no, I have 30 Robins before I have another he, Batman. I mean, he's passed it on. I mean, others have, have taken it up in the past. But, but not to... by him giving it. Right. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's doing it. Right. Um, so it was very touching to see that. And, and honestly, Nick, I agree with the original assessment you made. I originally thought it was confusing how when Bucky saw him, Bucky immediately knew, like, no, 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 he's waiting for you, Sam. I'm like, well, how do you know he's not waiting for you? Like, you go. 
What if he's about to die? Like, you don't think he would want to say goodbye to you? Um, but technically, they had their goodbye. When he it's said, don't do anything stupid right. while I'm gone, and the throwback right. to First yeah. Avenger, he's yeah. like, you're taking all the stupid with you. That was their goodbye. That was um, That exactly. was in the mindset of they could possibly never see each other again. And I thought it was yeah. weird that Falcon and Cap didn't really have that embrace. But it was like, wait, hold on, we got it. Like we're passing the shield on. And I was like, oh, and then okay, Bucky I get was it. Like, I get it. Hey, this is your moment. Yeah. Right. Right. He's like, I had my moment. This is yours. Um, yes. And I, I love now that Bucky is accepting of that. He understands like yeah. it should be you. It should be yeah. you. There's no one else better it's to take too, this man. Too much red on his ledger. Yes. <laughs> he's like, yeah. it, he's got a lot of red. He's like. He's like, the fact that someone uttered, like, eight words and I killed, like, thousands of people, yeah. it's probably better <laughs> you take the mantle. Uh, with that <laughs> right. right. So that that was beautiful. Um, and also, I, I think one thing we didn't really touch too much on because the movie didn't was um, the healing between Cap and, and Stark. Because remember, after the five years, oh, when Cap true. showed up at Tony's house, it wasn't a get off my property. Right. It was you guys can come right. in, have dinner with me, but no talking shop. Yeah. Um. So the forgiveness right. was there because I know a lot of people thought the forgiveness was when Stark gave him the shield back. No, it seemed like Stark had gotten over it over the course of the five years. Becoming a dad right. seemed to have really brought him down a few. Yeah. Um. The giving the shield yeah, back was just when uh, he does give him the shield back. Uh Like that was fucking yeah. like and 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 just the fact that Art he's stuff. like, don't tell anybody else. I don't. I don't have presents for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I don't have anything else to give anyone else. Right. Yeah. I I was dying. I was dying when he pulled up and goes, he turned into a baby, didn't he? <laughs> and it's like amongst other things. Right. Yeah, that that was hilarious. Um and, and also one more emotional scene I, I wanna point out before I ask everyone how long do we think it'll be before we see another Avengers film. Yeah. Um, it really struck struck me, um, and I don't really hear anyone else talking about it, when um Scott Lang uh, two two scenes when he ran into the boy, and the boy kind of gave him that look like you know don't joke around like you know you know yeah, what happened you, right right um and then the other scene is when you see the memorial of yeah. all the dusted mm-hmm. and it's on like a thousand different huge tombstones yeah. that have like a hundred names on each side right. um what what broke my heart about that the most was as New York City because that's where we see a lot of this story take place um that's huge for them. That's huge for for the city of New York going. Well, that scene was fantastic. Really, I thought he went to, to New York. Yeah, eventually, but not not, not no, when that he first started. That was in San Fran. Yeah. Oh, that was in San yeah, Fran. Was San oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's okay. where it that, that was all the people who were dusted in San Fran. Yeah, I think you, you can see the bridge from there, right? The Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, it was definitely in San Francisco. Um, but nonetheless, it was still super That's emotional. Cool. To see, yes, it was mm. still super emotional to see everyone's names, right. um, and then for him to right. see his name. I was, I was about to cry because I thought he was going to see his daughter's name, That's and I was going to go. Right. I was, like, when, I was like, oh when no! Got, when they fucking got re- reunited, I was like, oh dude, it 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 made me break down. Like that was the first time I cried in this movie. And, like, when they hugged each yeah. other and, like, just embraced each other, I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, I couldn't I, was, I couldn't contain it. That, I was going to cry because I thought in that moment, I thought he was going to see his ex-wife. 
and they were going to embrace the fact that Cassie was gone. Oh. That's what I thought was going to happen. Well, her name was ah. the same. Remember, he only saw his name. He stopped at his name. So it wasn't like he, he looked was, through all he, of He them. was looking for her. Well, yeah, right. his, his daughter's name was too. Right, exactly. right. So to me, I thought he was going to embrace with her over the loss of her. Yeah. I'm like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, we do. We do. But that could have been, because remember, it was yeah. a five-year time jump. Yeah. We still could have seen her after the events of them yeah. fixing everything. Yeah. Sure. Um, right. But any, anyway, um, I do want to ask, starting with you, uh, with you, Dane, I'll ask this, because uh, I think we've talked about how long before we see another Avengers movie and villains and stuff. Right. Um, what do you want to see the most going forward? That could be a storyline. That could oh, be a Lord. specific movie. Um, 90s X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> what excites you the most? Because technically we're heading into Phase 4. So what what about Phase 4 That's excites phase four. you the most? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, wow, that's a loaded question, Juan. Um, sure is. Trying to, I'll, I'll just list a couple things. And, you know, we were kind of talking about setting up stuff. So I would like, like I said, I would love for them to kind of maybe do Avengers Disassembled at some point. You know, it's going to have to be a little bit while. Uh, or House of them, maybe combine them in one movie. I think Scarlet Witch is a very unique character, so they can do something with that. They didn't really get in Captain Marvel. Um, to set up uh, Secret Invasion, but I still think they could uh, because the whole idea of that was doesn't matter if it was Kree or if it was you know the Skrulls, there were good and there were bad. So there still could be bad Skrulls being sleeper agents from there, or maybe they just try to just move here completely because of their planet getting wiped out. There's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, Galactus has to be an ending point for. If the arc goes as long as what the beginning was to um, Iron Man to Endgame, I'd like to see Galactus be that big bad that kind of comes in towards the end that's like an, a bigger villain, a bigger threat than, say, your Doctor Doom, possibly your King the Conqueror, whoever the hell you're going to use, Magneto, um, maybe the Masters of Evil, lots of things. Um, but um, other than that, you know, it was just great storytelling. I think that they could do an A-Force movie uh, with a lot of the ladies together. Um, I think that they can eventually use Norman Osborn with the, uh, with the, the evil yeah. Avengers team. Um, I would love this – is, this is going even further, and I don't know if it's going to happen. This would take a couple of years. I would love, though, if they eventually do a new Avengers run. New Avengers in the mid-2000s is one of my favorite things because Brian Michael Bendis – Got it from Kurt Busiek and, and George Perez, who did a great job in the 90s and early 2000s with Avengers. And they took basically all of your A-list characters, and it was Iron Man, Captain America, Sentry, who was like this, this uh, Superman-like character, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Wolverine, Storm, Thing, you know, Spider-Woman, all the big names, Doctor Strange, all of this one group. So if they kind of get those characters done, maybe – Eventually, we could see possibly Steve Rogers, and, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans show up again. I don't know if that will ever happen, but I would love to see it years from now, hmm. them trying that. I think that would be a great thing to come back, call back. The story itself is awesome as well, where they go to the prison and everyone escapes and all these heroes that are there coincidentally have to help each other get out. Avengers have been done for a while. They could do that, so... I don't know. Just follow the comics. And Kevin Feige, as long as he's steering the ship, I don't think it's going to hit an iceberg. So I think that they're fine. Um, 
But, yeah, I want Galactus to be the big bad that everything kind of leads up to. I think that's my number one main thing. Yeah, and I think the importance of you taking a long time before doing another Avengers film is that um, I think if you do it too soon, people will hold it against Endgame. So I think if you give it enough time, we can appreciate it just for, for what it is. Like, we won't go, like, oh, it wasn't better than Endgame. Like, we'll appreciate it purely for what it is. But we now look at these, these Avengers films as being events. That's why a lot of people is like the next one should be X-Men versus, right, X-Men versus the Avengers or Secret Wars. Like, we're now looking for events. We want events, not just an Avengers film. Um, you set the bar too high. But um, anyway, Kanan, mm. what do you want to see come, come after uh, Endgame? Uh, I mean, I think for now they can they can have kind of a little, you know, it's not really a rest period, but they can do the Shang-Chi movie. They can uh, do Black Panther 2, Black Widow. You know, we know that's probably going to be a prequel film. Um, and then, you know, they can do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that's when I think they can start setting up uh, you know, for the the Fantastic Four and the X Men and stuff like that. Uh, I don't, you know, I like. I don't think we need a big event film. I think everybody kind of after this movie, they kind of just need movies to be able to go and relax and not just, you know, have a lot of emotion or a lot of setup um, for future movies. I think they can really start to do that once they have an idea for Fantastic Four because then you can start building towards the war with Galactus. And, you know, I hope that in Spider-Man they even start to set up, um, you know, maybe this, you know, uh, Norman Osborn and stuff like that. Uh, then, you know, you can have Dr. Doom, you can have Norman Osborn. Um, you know, you could even maybe do um, a Sinister Six type film where you bring in some of the other characters and you have a Spider-Man event film. Uh, where he, him and, you know, a War Machine or somebody maybe come in and help him fight against um, Vulture and Scorpion and uh, Mysterio and all, you know, all them. So um, I, I think that's where they'll definitely go. I think Galactus will probably be the next big bad. Um, but there's there's a lot of options they go. You know, they could always do Super Scroll or, um, I mean, because I don't think the scrolls are out of the realm of possibility of, uh, coming back, and we don't know where they're going to take this with the alternate timelines being, you know, messed up right. with Endgame. You know, maybe the alternate alternate timeline is what allows the mutants to be, um, you know, introduced. You know, we oh. we don't know what we don't know what I think uh, so. You know, we don't we don't know that the Fantastic Four haven't always been in an alternate timeline, and they get brought over. I mean, we we don't know how they're going to correct this. So there's a lot of possibilities. Um, I think this movie definitely set up Marvel's multiverse. Um, I, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of possibilities. Galactus could be from a multiverse. We never know. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that could be introduced, you know, and, and maybe we start seeing movies that necessarily aren't part of um, the old timeline. We start seeing movies that, you know, could have effect on uh, the previous timeline, and then they merge together. Um, you know, kind of like DC's Elseworld films. Maybe Marvel does some films like that, um, just you know, to see how they go. And if they work, they bring what them if? in. Deadpool yeah. could possibly be um, an alternate timeline. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say with with Marvel that you don't really have to. 
do much thinking for Fantastic Four because you could say they've always existed, but they work for the government. So, like, they don't do missions that are Earth-based. They do outer space missions. So that's why we've never seen them. Um, and now they're looking to be more Earth-based, which is why they buy the building. Um, so that's easy. X-Men is the hardest thing to do, which you right. have an opening with um, – Joel's theorized about this. You have an opening with the Eternals. You have an opening with now uh, uh, possible other timelines. Um, so we will find out if this, if this timeline opens X-Men with what they call Scarlet Witch in her series. If she is still known as a gifted, no, it didn't. If she is now known as a new term called um, mutants, then we know it did. Um, but I think that would be the earliest we would hear from, uh, from that, that logic. Um, but Eternals could open it up also. Eternals definitely could open that up. Um, but, hope, Nick, what do you – go ahead, Dan. Really quick, I just hope that the next Deadpool in Disney starts off with Thanos doing the snap in Infinity War, and then you see Wade fall a little bit, and he falls on a toilet taking a dump like it just snapped him into the universe for some fucking reason. I don't know. <laughs> that would be great. That that definitely would have been great. Yeah, I would love it. I would definitely love it. Um, you just see like something open, and he steps through, and it's like Walt Disney, and it has like the MCU there. That'd be great. Oh, wow. <laughs> like Mickey's waving. Um, hey. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, no, I was I was making a joke. Um, but anyway, oh, uh, as far as, no, you're good. As far as my thoughts, um. I, I assume on like where we're going from here. Um I I somewhat agree with Kanan. Like I think that um the snap has to have some uh the snap and then the via subsequent time travel has to have some effect on like mm-hmm. how we get the X Men. Um it's maybe not the Fantastic Four. I think you absolutely could explain that otherwise um but like the 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 x-men it seems like you would genuinely want to tie that into this whole dichotomy of um how things have happened uh and and so i'm i'm looking forward to that to seeing how they explain it and how um it i guess it 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 just fits within this um universe um, but the, the like we've we've often like thought about like how can you like fix it so that the X Men are involved here, um, and this mm-hmm. is like the perfect opportunity. Like, dude, like you have like snapped several times from this point now, uh, and so like maybe you know you just brought mutants into existence from a parallel universe um, that didn't exist in this universe but now do. Um, Maybe that's not how it happens. Um, Maybe they have a totally different way how it all plays out, but like that is the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is how they incorporate mutants into the Mm storyline now that they have the rights back to X-Men because like that is the biggest thing because like let's let's be honest. Like X Men, they're all the best Marvel characters, short of Spider Man. Like we we've seen uh, Captain America and Thor and Iron Man be built up um, 
for the past 10 years, and we love them because of the way that, that their stories have been treated and those characters have been treated. But, like, before that, like, it was Spider-Man and X-Men. Like, that's simply what it was. Um, and so, like, X-Men is, like, so important as far as how they incorporate them, how they choose to um, utilize those characters. So, like, that is the thing that I'm most interested in seeing. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Juwan. I think you can incorporate the Fantastic Four in various different ways, whether it be um, time travel or they've been working for the government or whatever, um, that, you know, that they've just been on the sidelines. You can't really do that with um, X-Men minus mm-hmm. um, uh, Professor X just, like, shielding all of the various mutants from reality. Um, but, like, even that seems kind of far-fetched. I, like, I, I would struggle to come to grips with, like, how, like, people can uh, interact with the world, but, like, he can simultaneously shield those interactions uh, the world over. Like, that's, that's a stretch to me. Um, so, like, I think you have to do something a little better than that um, as far as incorporating them. So, like, that is what I'm most intrigued in seeing is how they – meld the X-Men with this current universe and where that goes um, uh, forward uh, from here and and how all of our, you know, current adventures react to uh, the X-Men being a part of their universe. Yeah, I'll just say Kevin Feige, as long as you don't continue to make them man-made, I'm I'm fine. So whatever you give me, I'm fine. Right. Just don't make them in a lab anymore. Um, Joel, right. what do you want to yeah. see going Please. forward? No, I, I agree with a lot of what has been said. I mean, this who doesn't want to see – look, going forward, I want to see the X-Men. I want to see Fantastic Four. I want to see some of the greatest villains we've ever seen uh, in comics come, you know, come to life in the MCU. Um, because I want to see, I think Galactus should be the next end game. Mm-hmm. Not end game. But no, I know what I mean, yeah. Big event. Uh, big bad, big bad or whatever. Uh, I think Doctor Doom is obviously a character like you can use like Loki now. Uh, in this world, Doctor Doom will be that the new Loki or whatever, you know. And then you have, um, Kang would be a great character, Super Scroll. I mean, there's just so many characters uh, that, that you can use, Annihilus. Uh, you can go on forever. They have now have access to the, the uh, Magneto and the Brotherhood of you know, mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just there's so much you can do now uh, that they have access to, and they will. They will get get through. I I can't wait to see how they do. Like I never gave a shit about the Eternals, but I'm more interested now in the Eternals than I ever have been because of like what what is being said and what they can possibly introduce to us in terms of mutants and um, possibly even uh, Atlanteans. So like yeah, I just I'm just very curious with the future. There's there is so much to do. So just because it's over, it's not really over. It's really just a new beginning. Just as it really is just over for like the original six, and more or less. And and maybe the you know another end game situation, end games particularly, but somewhere in the middle is Secret Wars, mm-hmm. where we could see Cap and Iron Man again because it's fucking Secret Wars. And what rules are there in Secret Wars? Yeah. <laughs> like so, I mean, we also could get uh, picture this picture if they do a Civil War like event mm-hmm. where you have the mutants yeah. versus the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be that would. Yeah. Huge I would, proportion. I would, I would cry. Because um, <laughs> then you could you could end that with Galactus. 
Right. Like seeing all this happening, you could have Silver Surfer interact with Doctor Strange, telling him something's coming. The defender. Um, yeah. The real defender. Right. The real defender. <laughs> um, so there's so much Feige can do. He literally is a kid with, like, if your dad was the owner of Toys R Us, like you literally could just walk in and go, all right, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, and you can make whatever you want. Um, so he's spoiled right now. Right. Um, God bless Kevin Feige, and I think from all of us, we thank the Russo brothers. For an amazing journey. Yeah. Um, starting from Winter Soldier, ending with Endgame, their journey. Um, and we want to thank Kevin Feige for the spiritual journey yeah. <laughs> these these movies have right. um have given us. Um, and you owe us nothing going forward. We we thank you very mm-hmm. much. But don't stop. Um, no, don't stop <laughs> ever. Um, but quickly before we end, I want to hear quickly from Dane. Um, pass it to you, Dane. Um, you guys uh, have a good one. Uh, it was an amazing movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Russo Brothers created some amazing stuff. Thank God for MCU and everything right now. And um, just check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I'm going to be uh, a little bit in the background with the uh, Geek Vibes live show. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to be kind of concentrating more on the wrestling stuff. But I'm still here, and I'll definitely be here once in a while. You guys have a great night. Thanks for this awesome review, dudes. Absolutely, and do not miss Game of Thrones tonight because we'll be reviewing it tomorrow. Oh, I gotta cry some more. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Damn right. Till next week, everyone. Peace. 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 Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.